Hey, this is Meta Dead from the Dead Deads, and you're listening to the Metal Teddy Bear Experience Podcast. The Metal Teddy Bear Experience has begun. And welcome back to the Metal Teddy Bear Experience podcast right now. This is your host, Chris. We got my boy, Jesse. What's up, man? How you doing? Yo, how's it going? And today we have a special guest on episode 50. We have Meta of the Dead Deads. What's up? How you doing? What's up? <laughs> great to have you on. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. This is uh, something we've been looking forward to, so it's great to have you on. And I just want to say shout out to that new video you guys put out with Corey Taylor. Killing oh it right there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What a labor of love. That's a really, uh, we're really proud of how that turned out given the COVID, the, uh, you know, shooting videos in COVID, co-writing in COVID. It was a crazy thing and just can't believe it all came together. Oh, definitely. I mean, let's drop that album title right now. Uh, tell your girls it's all right. August 20th, it's coming out via Rumble Records. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. With this record too. It was funny when we were looking at it, it was like, you have 16 tracks on this record. Um, that's yeah. that's a lot uh, usually now i feel like bands have been kind of like you know making it smaller and stuff like that like sometimes it's almost an ep um 16 yeah. tracks how did that happen well you know we always just do the opposite of what people say is a good idea so um uh, <laughs> i think um we just had extra time right and so we had all these songs ready we had like 20 songs ready for the record and then we were dialing it back, dialing it back. And then we just decided to do, it's 12 songs on the record. And then 200 copies of the record will have those additional four songs. So everybody that gets it like streaming or download or whatever, they're going to have 12. And then the people right. that get it on the limited edition vinyl will have 16. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. So uh, right now, like people can go out and pre-order that vinyl, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think of that limited edition that has the extra songs, there's only like under 50 left as of today. So yes. that might be, a, that might be like, um, you know, it might even be gone soon, but, uh, or already. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. When, well, that's why I asked that. But if you're replaying this, it might be gone, but it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, obviously plenty of vinyl still available and, um, uh, I don't know when we'll ever put those other four songs out. I think it's kind of cool to just be like, yeah, they're just they're just for the people that get that vinyl. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember a uh, big fan of Dillinger Escape Plan and they have a single called Happiness is Just a Smile. And I was pissed that they did. They was so cool. But I was like, I, I'm like, I want to get it. And they just only did it in a European tour. They didn't even do it in America and everywhere. They're just like, dude, if you're not yeah. in Europe, go fuck yourself. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me, Dillinger in a lot of ways is kind of the north star of cool <laughs> when you're like thinking about like what you, what is cool to do uh, across the board as a, a band they they definitely make choices that i approve of on both musical and marketing fronts or they did yeah oh yeah, absolutely so things point- i would be like if i was in a band and i did i'd be like man i'm a poser then i just watch <laughs> them do it i'm like they just know what they're doing dude <laughs> it's, in their, it's in their blood to be incredible <laughs> it never felt forced i remember i'd see them on lineups with you know a bunch of other bands whatever and it was always like all these bands playing then it's like okay daddy's home <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get out of the way kids daddy's home let me oh, let man. daddy show you how to do it 
that these are the rafters and and this is how you pull them down <laughs> that's so awesome he's literally climbing up there greg with <laughs> yeah at the show we went we went to uh terminal five like one of their last shows uh i forgot which night i went jesse went to all of them <laughs> he went to yeah i got crazy sick after that uh it was not good <laughs> but no it was awesome i will say you can only do it when you end your career so i guess it's like a one shot one thing but they have the you know if you're you know you seem to you're a fan so do you happen to know the song called prancer yeah oh yeah yeah and the second night they opened with it, which is a great opener. But Greg just jumps out to the audience and he goes dark. And he's like, this is the last time we'll ever hear this song again live. It goes a little like this. And he it kicks out. I was like, holy shit. Like, I was like, you can only do that once. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. And then it brings you back. Like, oh, yeah, this is like one of the last times. Shit. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> tough. I think one of their shows was the only times like I was on the rail for one of their shows. And um, I had pockets full of stuff because it was like an all-day metal fest and then like when the show was over everything in my pockets had been crushed by like the metric <laughs> yeah. butt ton of people behind me it's like there was like a vape pen like that was just like <laughs> crystallized and like it was like plastic dust and like all everything in my pockets my cell phone was destroyed everything ruined and it was the one time I was like huh yeah <laughs> whatever it was worth it Dude, it's crazy when you're on the rail for those types of shows. I feel like you're just doing constant push-ups the whole time you're playing, like just pushing people yeah. back. That happened to me like at Slipknot at Heavy Montreal. Like the whole time, I just felt like I'm gonna like break in half right now. Yeah, yeah, I can't do the rail anymore. I had um, I got an injury from the <laughs> the pit. I wasn't in the pit. <laughs> I was pit adjacent in front of the pit on the <laughs> rail, and uh, I got a pretty bad injury. It actually ended up being a a long-term brain injury oh, <laughs> from the pit. So warnings wow. of the pit like it's all fun and games till someone gets brain damage so what, what show like, was that kicked what happened yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was actually a it was a goldfinger show in honolulu Jeez. um yeah so never make I, fun of scott they go hard oh, okay, so, i mean goldfinger back in the day uh, still still going but yeah some of those shows were crazy but yeah i was just like having a nice time on the rail just singing along and got like <laughs> no but uh so i don't do i don't do that anymore i'm more i'm like the i i, I watch from afar now Where, <laughs> stay yeah. on the safe side oh, i put in my years i put in my years in the pit i'm good see that's a moment i felt old too like uh there's uh acacia strain harm's way uh klubicon and some other band they're all playing <laughs> at Saint some other band <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know the opening band. That's, that's cruel. You should have just said the one band, but you know, all yeah. of them but one. So. Shit on all they work for. Hey, we finally yeah. got this tour. And that and band. those guys, anyways. Hey, when I edit this in, the bill will be right here so everyone can see that one band. I forgot. I'll edit yep. it right in. But um, they were playing at St. Vitus. Have you ever been at St. Vitus in Brooklyn? Hell yeah. There we that's, go. I've never gotten to play St. Vitus that's on my bucket list of places I want to play. Dude, and you know how small it is, too, so having all yeah. those a really you know aggressive pit bands right there i'm like i'm definitely getting punched in the face when i go to that show <laughs> yeah. i think i might have to stand in the back by the bar and just watch I was about to say you could like kind of hover in the bar corner area yeah. maybe yep <laughs> you're just sitting there with the few, one bartender nice ladies in front of you <laughs> for yeah, that see that makes me feel old i'm like i'm not that old yet but then i'm like i don't want to go all the way up there now uh, well no, there's a there's a there's definitely a range for that i feel like 
it's there's and that's with everything in life there's just a range where like that's just not chill anymore to do like that's not cool you don't need to be seen in certain places at certain ages so yeah I feel like it's almost in your tax bracket. Like when you just pay enough taxes, you're like, I just don't want to get kicked in the face. Like, do the wimp in me. I just go, I go to a heavy show. I'm like, yeah, this is time. Like we went and we said this on the podcast many times. We went and saw Code Orange. Vane opened up for him. And I've been to hundreds of shows, not bragging. But usually no one gives a fuck about the opening band. It sucks. And Vane's really good. So ignorantly, I'm just standing in the middle of the floor. Like it's nothing's going to happen. The first yeah. note, we all got punched in the face. Yeah. I was like, all right. And then immediately, like some lady was like, at the, at the end of the band, we just survived. And then some lady's like, VIP upgrade, $50. You get a beer ticket. I was like, there we go. I'm going to buy it immediately. <laughs> and we're on the balcony drinking beers. Like, this is great. You're away yes. from the psychos. I see the stage. Yes, I got a queen. beer. Yes, <laughs> I just like, man, I'm, I'm only in my like late 20s. And I feel very old right now. <laughs> I just bought my Dude, way out of danger. Just went right I will away. never forget the first time I was at a seated rock show. Like I had seated tickets. And I w- everything in my body was going like, this is wrong. This is bad. <laughs> and a friend of mine, we've been friends since we were kids. We were there together. And he looked over at me. And, and uh, he was like, we're not going to stand up, are we? And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think we're going to have to. And he's like, that's fucking sweet. (laughs) (laughs) We've graduated. (laughs) Oh, dude. My my brother's like that. He's very much like, dude, it's the art. It's the energy, which I agree. There's bands that make me want to do stuff. I got to jump. I got to do whatever. But man, when I get to sit, it's just, (laughs) <laughs> i've seen this band 10 times i can right. sit this one literally sit this one out i can just there's chill a there's a moment when it's kind of like this is good i have zero fear of getting the elbow to the ear right now and i like that well uh, let's bring this back to your band the dead deads okay um so like just give us like a history of the band how the three of you guys meet how do you guys get together and make these albums well uh we have been uh, we started like many bands as a much bigger band and then when the reality of how expensive it is to tour and how stressful and time consuming and exhausting it is we went yum 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 down to down to three so um my sister used to be in the band as well as a couple girls from uh, a band that was called catfight out of louisville and they joined up with our band and so we had like kind of a bigger band and then we've kind of separated back off um but this so this is actually i want it's like our fourth studio album but our third time recording as a trio i think um and uh honestly the band came together every every everything was by jam just friends like there was no plot or like uh I had been um I had been playing like solo acoustic shows and uh I got booked um opening for or headlining and uh there was like punk bands all at the front of the bill and I was like well this is lame I don't want to play acoustic (laughs) with a bunch of punk bands so I just hit up I hit up Daisy and I was like yo i'm booked to do this show acoustic but like would you, like uh i was dating a drummer at the time and i was like why don't you just come over and we'll just write some punk songs and we'll just cl- we'll just make up a band and close the show because it was like two weeks away and she was like well i don't play bass i was like yeah but you have one in your house so just bring it, <laughs> bring it out and so bring we it. did 
And so we did, and that band was called Prim, like P-R-I-M with an exclamation point. And we played that show and it went really crazy good. And um, so then we played another show like that. And then shortly after that, um, uh, we got a full-time drummer and uh, wrote our first Dead Dead song. So it kind of like, we kind of switched bands and I don't know, it was, but it's all friendship, you know, just like having fun, being silly. And it just kind of blew up really fast. That's sick, especially for it to work, uh, you know, just like, hey, bring your bass. <laughs> Let's see how the show yeah. goes. And it works perfectly. Yeah. So her her uh, partner was in a band called The Clutters and he played bass for The Clutters. So he had and he was on tour doing something else and left his bass at home was like, bring that bass, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and the and she's super musical and plays a bunch of yeah. instruments. So she put the thing on and was like, do, 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 do. Bow, bow. got it <laughs> so, and and it's funny now she's such a featured bass player and she plays with all different you know in all different genres doing all these you know, like benefit nights and stuff like that and being featured in bassist pr and stuff <laughs> and it's, it's cool that it's just cool that uh it's it's really lets it reminds people that like at any point in time you can try something new and maybe make a career out of it you know just if it interests you, give it a shot, I guess. <laughs> yeah, apparently she was reincarnated from a bassist. Like, originally she was a bassist. I can't play bass. Close your eyes. <laughs> like, what the hell? I just did the it. groove is in you. <laughs> what, did I just eat some slinky strings or something? I don't know. I just, yeah. I just figured it out. Good. No, it's so good. It's so fun. Her and I have known each other since we were kids. So like there's moments where, you know, on tour, like one moment in particular, we're driving across the Canadian Rockies. I'm driving, you know, she's sitting right beside me and we're listening to this band that we listened to when we were 17. And we just looked at each other like, can you believe this is what we're doing (laughs) all this time later? It's, It's really a crazy thing. It's wild. Well, especially like you said, friendship. It's way better than like, well, I hate you, but we're making money and we're making songs we like. So I guess we yeah, have God. to keep doing it. Basically, yeah, well, I know that's yeah. <laughs> I know that's pretty much a rule. And I've lived that as well. Like I've done that time, you know, with yeah. people that, that didn't get along. And um, you know, so I understand how that works. And I mean, I've seen Aerosmith come in on three, you know, separate buses and all that shit. But like at the end of the day, the the level that we're playing at like there's no time for that like we're too poor to deal with that like i'm sorry i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go drive my ass overnight to go play for you know a hundred people to be miserable all day with people that don't get along it's just that's no fun so maybe if we were super ultra mega rock stars we'd put up with it but <laughs> <we're not. laughs> so. i'll hate you a million dollars later how about that yeah, we'll exactly. love each other like, until our first million why not <laughs> like, uh, we have so much time to not get along let's get along right now <laughs> i think there was a band saying that like they kept around but every it might have been the was it the scorpions jess i think uh someone was telling us that like when they went out on stage uh, they were like, yeah, what's up, man? Great solo. Whatever. And then afterwards, they hate each other. They did not talk to each other. They like, walked away. I was like, oh, boy. I think that was uh, Dune, right? It was something like that. Yeah, like, do all those old bands. Like, when you're in a band for 40 years, uh, like, I don't Forget know. Mar- about it. Marriages fall apart for, like, after, like, a couple of years. I can't imagine just 40 <laughs> years of playing the same songs and just look at it, like, always messes that part up. I fucking yep. hate you. <laughs> the, same, the same position, the same 
the same orgasm, all the same stuff for 40 <laughs> years. Like, no, there, that, that's the, I think the rule, not the exception, you know, is that everybody gets sick of each other, but hopefully, you know, hopefully, um, as I think the pandemic changed a lot of people's just appreciation for what they have, especially with touring. And I think, you know, hopefully people that had a little space from each other, maybe in all these different bands, like maybe they came to appreciate like, man, I really, I really did love being on the bus with that asshole. And I really would love <laughs> to be back on the bus with that asshole. And maybe, maybe some bridges will be rebuilt because of that time that all these legacy bands have had apart from each other maybe they can start anew <laughs> yeah. that'd be nice because nothing's worse than being like i'm a huge fan of this band and then watching them just kind of like get on their phone and ghost each other as they get off stage like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah it's like see on twitter he's ignoring everybody man whatever see you <laughs> yeah. yeah well i mean the the idea that like all bands are bffs is is pretty silly but um the the idea that you know because they're co-workers and that's hard um, but the, the nice thing about it, about what we have going on now is we do really like to hang out and we look forward to it. And so we know that no matter what comes our way on the tour, how stressful it gets, how weird it gets, we know that we're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know? So that's really helpful. Well, especially cause you got like, you all like write really short, like fun songs. Like it's all over the place. It's very interesting. Like if you were just doing like a, I don't know, like a single type of acoustic music over and over again. It would like maybe get sick. Like Scorpion songs, they have fun, but they all kind of sound like Scorpion. Eventually, it's like when you're like genre bending, have all these like fun takes, it keeps it interesting. And also, yeah, you have a small band too, so list. you're not like randomly, you know, you got splitting all the money. It's all like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff when you have a huge band, like mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, we definitely, it's it's easier to survive. If you're on a shoestring budget, definitely easier to survive. One hotel room gets, yeah. you know, a three-piece band and a sound guy through, you know. So it um, it definitely, there's benefits to being streamlined. And a lot of my favorite bands are power trios. So it wasn't, we didn't do it to be cheap. But like, <laughs> we did it. We It was weird. We were, we were touring as a four-piece. And then um, our guitar player got a huge like awesome paying gig in a different band and we were just like go all blessings like go make money and be amazing so it was all good um that's dolly dead and dolly dead still wrote for this record and um but yeah so we went out as a three-piece like kind of scared to death because i was gonna have to hold down all the guitar myself while doing all the fronting and i was scared and then we did a tour like that when we were out with 10 years and all the guys in 10 years had seen us as a four piece and they were just like that's sick like that <laughs> seems cool and and we were kind of like yeah it feels good it feels heavier and that everybody was saying it's heavier it's heavier and the reason it's heavier is because i'm the rhythm guitar player and i'm more like hel- i'm doing helmet over here and our other guitar players doing all the tweedle deedles and so without the tweedle deedles and jacking up my guitar it just like it got heavier and so we were all like well, that seems cool. Like just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. So yeah, we just kind of went with it. And um, and uh, we on our very first record, I was doing some growling, and so then we had. It's funny, Paige Hamilton from Helmet produced one of our records, and when he produced the record, he was like, "No growls." 
that is dumb. You're not doing that. And so we had a record with no growls, but live, we like to do it so much. And it's so funny to do. Also, yeah. um, And so unexpected. It's not funny to growl, but when we do, it's funny because they don't expect it. And you can just watch the audience just be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were like, we really wanted to bring that back. So this record is really a lot like our first, very first record that we wrote when we had no label intervention nobody telling us what to write and we were just being silly and having fun this new record is very similar to that in that we just are thinking about what's the live show want to feel like like what do we want the live show to feel like and kind of writing to that um you know to creating those moments live uh and then it's like oh and then there's a pandemic and no one gets to play live so now all (laughs) you guys just have a weird ass record to listen to enjoy (laughs) Oh, man. So is that something you got, you usually go for when you're like writing and thinking about like song, like everything about the album is kind of like uh, what will turn heads, what will kind of like, you know, get a reaction or anything like that? No, definitely not. I think over time we just realized that growling is fun and we like to do it. But no, I think I think I wish we did that more, but um, we are more just writing for or the music is getting written for our own enjoyment. But then the lyrics are kind of getting written about more the experience that we want to share with our fans. So I I feel like musically, we're just kind of having a lot of fun and bringing in a lot of different influences. And we're not really stressing about like, is this catchy or who does this appeal to? And uh, that's pretty obvious when you listen to our music because it's all over the place. Um, And then, you know, the lyrics are more we're trying to tie in a message like what are we trying to say with this record who are we trying to reach like and how can we help basically so yeah how can we help is a lot of times in my forefront of my mind like what can I do to help like how can I say something that frames a situation in a way that's going to make somebody feel better which is awesome yeah that's and also that's probably why you write such great songs because you know it's not it's a job, but you're not like treating it like as just a straight job. You're like, like you said, you're having fun. Yeah. Which... I got nothing against, I got nothing against songs that are great to put in a movie or like to be on the radio. I have, I'm, I res- much respect for that, that craft. And I do that craft for other people. I think with the dead deads, it's more, um, you know, of course we want people to love our songs and for them to be on the radio and be marketable. Um, but that's, yeah. Luckily we have the luxury of being on a label that that's not priority one. So. Which is awesome. Well, especially for yeah. the genre of music. Well, I don't even know what I'd call your guys a genre to be honest. Like, rock. it's just, yeah. Right. Rock. Just like straight rock. <laughs> like what, yeah. but like for that genre, you know, it's like, that's important. Like other genres can kind of get away. Like it's something about when you can feel like, like I'm a huge every time I die fan and I always oh, feel like too. I yeah. get like it's like I know it's stupid, but it's like it's like they plug like their guitars and their heart into the track. Like you feel it's all digitized, like everyone more, does it, but you feel the passion so than- and you're like, damn, like yes, like it makes their heavier parts heavier, it makes their fun parts more fun. You're like, oh, and that just makes like metal music, rock music, it's like that genre where it's like passion and all that stuff really shines through when it's high energy. And it's like, that's kind of like, I think the marquee of the genre. And I, you know, I think it shows what you like all you, you know, which is awesome. (laughs) Every time that's a, that's a perfect example of a band that, that I really listen to a lot. Try to think about, I think about certain bands and like why I love them so much, why what they're doing is working. And so I definitely do try to incorporate like 
seeing live shows and be like, man, that worked really great. Like, how could I incorporate something like that in my, in my stuff? Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you're, you're always stealing from, from others, um, and getting inspired by others, even if it's just the physicality of something like, oh, I love how, I love how physical they were during that song. And I want, and I love how they brought in the audience and I want to figure out a way to, to do that with an audience or something. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. but yeah, every time I die, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Well, it's also like speaking about the energy, like sometimes I've seen them live where honestly, sometimes they sound really messy because they're running around so much and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter just because of the sheer energy where you're like, I don't give a fuck if Keith cups the <laughs> mic and you can't understand a damn word, which kills yeah. me sometimes. I'm like, Keith, your voice is great. Stop cupping the mic. It's killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it just depends too. Like what kind of those guys like it depends like what kind of day they had, what's going on, how many shows in a row they've done, yeah. like where they're those, at. Sometimes yeah. those they tour hard. sometimes those wildest and craziest shows are like when it's night five in a row or something, where you're just like, Okay, we have put on three pristine shows, one pretty good show, and now it's time to just get loose because <laughs> we we aren't gonna do a perfect show, so let's just fuck it up, man. I don't even know where I am right now. Just uh oh, and she's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was. <laughs> and <she's back. laughs> this is hey, a man, great time. I'm, I'm doing, doing the best I can here. <laughs> all right so we have a segment called a get to know the band so we we're going to ask you a series of questions and you're going to tell us which member best represent you know best answers the question so uh we're going to get to know the dead dead so first question is um who's the band member that needs their alone time the most Who, what band member you know kind of strays away oh man i think we all love alone time some and i think that's what makes a marriage last but i would say maybe mcqueen the drummer um but yeah we all we all kind of like that we like our together in our alone time <laughs> but she's <laughs> like i'll be like where is she and like she went to just like she's just off somewhere in the city doing something <laughs> badass and then, and then we just get to hear about it like we're like well we would have gone to that underground weird thing you did like <laughs> does she ever give those awesome you does she ever get those awesome responses when people do that? Yeah, you should ask. Like, I would have told you. It's like, you were gone. You were gone too fast. Like, we didn't see you. No, man, she's so cool. No. <laughs> but that's, I guess that's, that's my answer is McQueen. Drummer. Right. Question number two. Uh, what? Who's the band member that is... Who's the funny person in the band? Like, who makes everyone laugh? God! Everybody. <laughs> the laughter keeps the marriage together. I want to think... I want to think it's me. I pride myself on being the funny one, but no, I mean those those girls make me laugh so hard. Um, and again, I would say it's probably a tie between the other two, between Daisy and McQueen. Even though I want it to be me. <laughs> is it because is it because you guys are witty or anything like that, or just quoting movies or no? It's just, uh, it's 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 i guess uh no it's not really quoting anything but although everybody's pretty great with pop culture quotes but i think it's just this innate darkness that uh manifests (laughs) in like a dry quirky type thing that we all kind of do to each other so i I think we we all come from a very similar place of just so i would say absurdist abstract just silliness fair enough solid and I mean, we write love songs about aliens. Like, what are you expecting? <laughs> I thought it was just because you were huge Tom DeLonge fans, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <totally. laughs> 
Uh, who's the band member most likely to be found eating? Who's always hungry? Hmm. We used to, we, when Dolly was in the band, his nickname was, <laughs> it was all about snacks to the point where fans would like hashtag Dolly snacks and like take pictures of him eating and <laughs> put it everywhere. Um, but with us, like we do have, we do have this Mexican food habit that we do, but, um, I think, uh, there's not, there's not a heavy eater in the band really because when you're on the road it's just you're just like clip bars and you know <laughs> saving money if, if you were asking like who wants a cocktail the worst it'd probably be me <laughs> but <laughs> as as who wants to eat the worst i'm always the one that's like sniffing out like how close is the nearest bar oh this bar didn't open till five out where's the <laughs> where can i go <laughs> is that is that tequila the fuck <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny too when you like like certain bands like I mean it depends on your level like trivium like Matt makes it uh, like a thing to go to like every restaurant in like an area like a like special place like sniffs out all this special you know unique food and I'm like man to have someone on the band like all right we got to go to this restaurant it's like man I want a Taco Bell <laughs> yeah it's really so we've had tour we've had tour crew that are like that which is always such a gift when somebody in the in the crew is like a restaurant or foodie person that's already like figured out awesome places for us to eat. So we've had um, a few experiences like that, but we're more like natural parks. So like any kind of natural place we can go for hiking or uh, activities, um, we're trying to check off all our national parks. So that's more <laughs> like, we're, that's what we break for. That's what we drive overnight for is less about like a restaurant, but more about like, what can we see? Like we've gone to wolf, like wolf um, habitats and, and of oh, course, sick. like all kinds of um, like mon national monuments and just, we're just always trying to see, see, you know, you do, you go club, 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 club. But sometimes if you can drive a little extra and take a little extra time, you actually see the country that you're, you know, playing for, which is nice. Yeah, which is great because I also hear a lot of bands miss out, especially when they go overseas or something. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, I haven't uh, – I've seen a bar in a basement. Like, that's yeah. what <laughs> – that's what Georgia was us, to me. That was it. For us, the – for us, kind of just frankly, like, it's like the sacrifices you make being on tour of being away from your family and all that stuff. And like maybe being away from jobs where we could make more money or something. It's like, you got to make that count and you have to make it something that you're going to remember. And and there's so many bands I know that have toured for three years and don't remember anything except playing the show. And it's like, um, so we try to make a lot of time to do VIPs with fans, like special stuff. So we're like getting to know the people in the cities and then also just getting to see the beauty of the cities. Yeah. That is not a food question. That is not an answer <laughs> to the food question, but that is my side answer to the food question. <laughs> Dare I say food for your soul. Now, Chris, what's yes, the next question? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one, forget to know the band. Uh, who's the, like the parent in the band? Who's the one always managing me? Like we have to do this, that, and that oh god me so bad <laughs> yeah so bad i'm i'm the wolf mother yeah i'm always i, I mean i'm bossy and i'm like <laughs> careful and i'm just like you know where is everybody and what's going on and that's what's cool about about the trio too is like it's less like i don't have to really worry about where everybody is like everybody's gonna show up but i still would say like i plan our tour routes i you know i figure out what all we're gonna do and when and that's just kind of my nature 
So are you and like the manager, stuff. like tour manager and all that when you guys go out and everything? No, I mean, we don't really No, I mean, Daisy and I kind of split that responsibility. Like I kind of do all the pre-planning and then while we're out, she kind of does the like talking to people, you know, we split up the responsibilities because it, it, you know, we realized pretty quickly that it's exhausting for one person to do it all. So yeah, we split all that stuff up. And sometimes we have a tour manager. It just depends on the tour. But if the tour is like kind of like with 10 years where it's just like we know the band, they're nice, they're fun. And we just take a sound guy or, or a girl out and just, you know, do our thing. So would you say basically the tour managers for a buffer in case it gets like hairy? So a band, like you say, you don't know where you're like, we don't know how their personalities are. You can go talk to them. It'd be easier. <laughs> Well, you know, a tour manager is super important um, on bigger tours because when you have a lot of when you have a lot of stuff to line up, like we're supposed to be here and then we're supposed to be there. And then these these people are the VIPs. These people are not the VIPs, but they feel like they're the VIPs and they have to go there and they have to go there. It's like as an artist, especially the singer, like I need I only have like so many hours of air that I can push. <laughs> And so it's very important to just have someone speaking for the band, like answering questions about the ins and outs of the day so that we can just, re you know, be rehearsed, rested and ready to, to do what we're supposed to be doing, which is playing a, a damn rock show. <laughs> and so that's it's nice that it's it's such a luxury. When we did the Kiss Cruise, we had such a team <laughs> and it was so luxurious to just know that, like, literally anything that might come up is handled and all we have to do is be where we're supposed to be to play it was just like such a such a fine luxury and <laughs> hopefully we can do that again when we get back out on the road we learned like oh it's worth it <laughs> like <laughs> instead of hustling for that extra money like it's worth it to share the pot for sure so this is the life huh you're just like yes uh but i will oh, say yeah. you said with like like your throat and being the lead singer have did you ever run into that when you were like you because you say you do all these vip stuff and like those tours you don't do a tour you don't have a tour manager did you ever run into where like you know some singers they have to like not talk for a day to like save their throat oh, yeah. For, like, yeah i mean that's me for sure um i remember one time i lost my voice completely and the first thing i did i called lizzie hale and i had her on facetime and she was like walking me through vocal exercises because i was freaked out it was just like open the mouth push and just like there was just nothing. Wow. So we played the show that night anyway. And then I did like two months of vocal rest and went to like Vanderbilt vocal center or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a real thing. Like, yeah. and talking is the most exhausting thing for your vocal cords. And then really after the show, when it's really loud and everyone's drunk and like, you're trying to talk over things yeah. and sell merch, you can lose it like that. So yeah, I just have to be careful um, regardless. Like, and it sucks because I'm really, I want to talk to everyone. And then sometimes you just have to stop because you know, like the next day you're going to have to, so I don't party, I don't drink, I don't do any of that stuff on tour. Like as far as after the show, it's like just water and trying not to talk and kind of prepping myself for the next day. And if I don't do that, then the entire next day, I have to not talk, which is not my deal. That's <laughs> yeah. really bad. Yeah, I can say as a total civilian, uh, yeah, talking. I love talking. Chris, you can answer that. I love talking, and I love singing in my car. And let me tell you, after a 45-minute drive, I'm like, how is my throat thrashed? Like, I didn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not even talking my job, and I'm like, by the end of a weekend, if I hang out with a bunch of people, I'm like, 
Uh, my throat hurts and I can barely talk. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> that's about that's about how long it takes is 45 minutes. So if you're doing wow. a set that's longer than 45 minutes and it's aggressive music, yep. which I mean, the albums are one thing. The live show's a little different. I sing a little more aggressively live than on the records. And so, yeah, it's it's you get there. <laughs> and so yeah. you really have to just kind of be precious with it. I've got vocal polyps. I don't want to have surgery because I don't want my voice to change. But I've had them like since I was a teenager. So it's just like, yeah, you've got a certain amount of air and time and you just have to kind of manage it. And that's what like with Keith, with every time I die, it's like the same thing. Like he's just got to manage his air. And if he doesn't manage his air, then he's going to have to do things different. And you then you have to sing things different and change it up. And and honestly, fans kind of love that. So it's kind of fun to play with what. Yeah. If you're having a night where you've used 50 percent of it when the show starts, then you're just kind of changing up what you're doing to make sure you can end strong. Yeah. It makes a, it, yeah, honestly, especially bands that like, uh, actually weirdly, it's a weird band to bring up, but the red jumpsuit app, uh, apparatus, you know, <laughs> phase that I, I, I live every time I die in them. Well, no, know. cause, cause well, Keith, it made me sad because obviously I'm not a singer and I've been a huge metal fan, like for basically all my informative years. And like, when I hear it interviews, it's like, yeah, uh, it just hurts. Like, he's just like, yeah, it sucks. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. It feels like you're not going to be around for much longer, Keith. And luckily, he's that was a couple of years ago, so he's still doing it. But Red Jumpster Apparatus, like, talk about uh, singers morphing their sound. He sang too goddamn high on the record, and I watched, like, a bunch of videos from when that Face Down music video came out, and I was like, this is great. Saw live. I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. And you see him an adult, you know, his voice got a little deeper. They just tuned down. They, like, went down a key. Mm-hmm. He sounds amazing. He sounds better than ever. It's like, yeah. oh, well, you just sing properly, like, for your voice. And not mm-hmm. shred your throat every night because, uh, well, you're known <laughs> well, as that, that guy or girl. It's, it's something producers do, too. And I just came across it actually like a week ago. A producer was saying this about an artist they're working with about like whatever it is, they tune it like three clicks up even higher. Because in the studio, like the higher it is, like the more energy and the more like passion you're going to bring to it when you hit those notes. Then you go out and try to tour that. And real quick, you realize like that sucks. <laughs> oh, no. So like. <laughs> So, yeah, so we definitely, um, we didn't have a producer telling us to go higher, higher, but I was just like, oh, listen to me. I'm like AFI up here. Ah! And then you're like, <laughs> you're like, okay, I'm doing this live and it hurts like this bitch. So like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's not supposed to hurt. Like singing shouldn't hurt and screaming yeah. shouldn't hurt. Growling shouldn't hurt. So like that's you learn like okay i was doing that i needed to move the whole song down i remember when i saw faith no more for the first time i was like oh i see how to write songs to create these dynamic moments where everything's amazing and high and screamy and crazy but you don't live there the entire song that way when you go to it everyone loses their minds because it sounds so good but you don't stay there the whole time um and so after I saw Faith No More, I really changed how I was writing my vocal stuff. Like make it have these big moments, but you're not just screaming the whole time. No matter what I'm writing for, I try to remember that now. Like make it so it can scale to the live tour. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, especially because like you said, dynamic moments. If you're already at nine and you got to go to 10 for your like big moment, it's like this kind of sucks. This is really yeah. hard. Like, do you and have no any more to give? At nine. No yeah. one knows you were at nine and no one cares you were at nine because you've been yeah. doing it the whole time. Yeah. So they don't feel, they don't feel how impressive nine is if the song started in nine. So you got to start the song at two and then go like, 
that's the faith no more lesson that the I only people that know you're at two and five is the impress me bros on the side with the folded arms <laughs> at two right now how do you know tom get out of yeah. here <laughs> Yeah, well, we got we got another sure. segment for you here. Uh, it's called okay. the random silly question segment. We asked you three random questions. So right. the first one is an either or. It's pretty fun. Okay. <laughs> you rather yeah. wake up? Uh, oh, okay. Would you rather have the taste of mayo in your mouth forever, or every morning you wake up, you're covered head to toe in peanut butter? Oh God! <laughs> God, this would you rather's are so damn nasty. Um, <laughs> I guess I'd rather just have. I mean, I would just need to find a mate who loves the taste of mayo. Um, <laughs> do you like mayo or do you hate it? I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it, but, you know, I am not human. And so I don't like peanut butter at all. Wow. You're damn I know. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, it's hard for humans to understand that <laughs> a bean could not like peanut butter. I do not like it. So I think it's sticky and weird and it's just yeah. weird. So it's that's that's a toss up. But I, I guess I would go with mayo in my mouth taste because the actual mayo is not in my mouth, just the taste of mayo. Yeah. Whereas like with the peanut butter, there's literal peanut butter on my whole body. That's a yeah. big hassle. In your hair, <laughs> you know, day. your sheets. Yeah. I don't, I mean, on tour, like you wake yeah. up, there's peanut butter all over you again. Yeah. Nah, don't have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. You have a designated spot on the, the van bus. It's just, it looks like just like a meteorite of peanut butter struck. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's where yeah. she sleeps. She doesn't, she's not allowed anywhere yeah. else. <laughs> and I mean, again, you could find a mate that would enjoy that. But I think like, I think just it's a time thing. I don't yeah. have time for that. Yeah, at the time. No, we don't even have a sink on the road. What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. No. All right. Question number two. Um, here we go. If you had a third ear, where would you put it? Hmm. That would be very nice. I think I would just put it on the back of my head. Right? So then mm -hmm. you got kind of like surround sound. That's pretty. I say that'd that would be pretty awesome. Because I, I make it corny, though. I say I can hear people talking behind my back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that's, that's a no-brainer. There we go. Someone sneaking up behind you. You're ready for it. <laughs> finally. Yeah. If you ever wanted to become an assassin of some sort, you're ready. You finally, you just can hear everything. I think the best yeah. one was elbow. Someone said elbow. I was like, huh, you're going to be like, banging, getting like, you know, the ringing in your ear from your, your elbow. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. my elbow is always getting hit on something. Yeah. No, I, I definitely <laughs> want to keep it in the aural spectrum up here. For yeah. Sure. Just want to throw your whole life and whack, just put it on your calf. Like, let's see what happens. I want to hear what gravel sounds like all day. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, sounds, yeah, that sounds annoying as hell. Yeah, just keep it up with its friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number three. Um, what's the best way to eat a potato? <laughs> uh, I love baked potatoes. And I think a lot of times we ruin a baked potato by putting so much crap on it. Like yep. just a baked potato. I love it with everything. I love it like 90s style from Wendy's with like cheddar <laughs> and broccoli. I love it with jalapenos and sour cream, whatever. It's a nacho, you know, nature's <laughs> nacho. But like just a potato 
with salt and butter and maybe little chives and let and taste taste what the earth made it's so good (laughs) yeah i love potatoes i mean sweet potato like the fries too like mashed potatoes i'll take them anywhere you're not anyway i had one yesterday i had one the day before yesterday i love them here we go jess what about you man i know how much you love potatoes I'm just a hunk of garbage, dude. I love French fries. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, that's I mean, it. Just give me French fries. That's it. I'm just like, there's not a bad way. There's not a bad way to eat a potato, but that's why I encourage, like, go back to the source. <laughs> eat it natural and see. Remember the potato. Remember <laughs> what, it, what it tasted like before they made it taste better because it's still pretty good. Remember where I had an ex girlfriend that used to eat raw potatoes. I was like, that's some next level shit, dude. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're not together because she's insane. Yeah, she's a psycho. <laughs> she's. A, I'm now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna insane. Actually, I, I still really like. No, she's great. But for the podcast, she's a psychopath who just bites a potato. That's <laughs> like not the fine. Dirty. No. That's not fine. I don't trust that. I would I say that. replicant. Replicant, beware. She's not human. I should know. Does she drive oh, a car? Man. Get her off the road. She's going to crash into something. Get her. <laughs> no, she's probably very nice and fine, but she's not a human. Because humans yeah. know not to do that. <laughs> they know better. Yeah. Well, um, that was a random silly question segment. You answered them awesomely. So thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned this kind of in the beginning of the interview, but I, I want to mention it now. You guys worked with Corey Taylor on a song, the Murder Ballad 1. Um, how was it working Ooh. with Corey? How did you guys meet? Oh, two. Sorry, Murder Ballad Ooh. 2. You're ruining yeah. our podcast cred, dude. You fucking things up. I lied with Corey Taylor. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's fine. There's a lot to there's a lot to unpack. But long story short, um, the original murder ballad was on a record that Corey Taylor really liked, and he discovered it online from Twitter fans telling him you would really like it. He listened to it. He did really like it. <laughs> and what happens sometimes on the internet, which is incredible, is he started telling people he really liked it. And started selling copies because he told people he liked it. So, or at least people were streaming it, checking it out. And long story short, uh, him and I became friends on Twitter. We ended up doing a show with them in uh, Albany, New York. And then he ended up bringing us out on tour with Stone Sour. And we just kind of clicked as songwriters. Uh, He really likes what I do with lyrics. And um, so we had talked about writing something together. And Murder Ballad was just his favorite song off that For Your Obliteration record. And so when we were talking about what we would write about, I was like thinking it would be fun to do a sequel to it. And Murder Ballad, the lovers, like it's a serial, it's a story about a serial killer and someone that's obsessed with them. And in the end, they both die. It's a, it's a classic like Nashville country murder ballad, but hard rock. And so in this second one, they just, it tells the story of their ghosts. So yeah, it's just a continuation. And uh, we filmed the video uh, in like, with like six different cameras in different locations and, um, and made it work. And uh, it's a, it's a badass song. Our voices sound <laughs> It's weird because we'd never sung together. And then when we heard what it sounded like, we were both kind of like, damn, that sounds really good. So, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> we did it for fun, but it ended up being good art. So that's great. 
Oh, yeah, no, well, that's great because also it could if the inverse happened, you just hear the recorded voices like, oh, shit, we don't work together. Well, <laughs> but it's just like we're going to yeah. get the publicity. So just put it out. Just shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done a lot of backup singing for different male artists over the years. And uh, I've I've felt pretty confident that whatever he put forward, I could make it work. But it was it ended up being very easy. Like it, it's just our, our tones have a similar quality. So it worked out really good. Yeah, it sounded great. And also, it's great getting, like, a contact like that. But he's also one of the busiest, like, metal rock singers. And yeah, it's almost like, slammed. yeah. And it's like, were you worried about ever getting it out? Or was it because of COVID? It was like, wow, it kind of the perfect time. Now we're able to just to do this. No, did he it happen was so, before COVID? no, he was so slammed the whole time during COVID. We wrote it during COVID. He was so slammed because he was putting together. He was writing, recording, and prepping everything for CMFT, you know? So, like. Um, he had this so big solo album, which is a huge deal. You yeah. know, like that's a huge deal to walk into something like that, which takes tons of prep. And so he was in the middle of all that. And um, uh, I wasn't afraid that he wasn't going to do it. But I will say, you know, there were times that it, things were coming down to a deadline where I would just shoot him and text like, yo, are you going to do this? Because we got to go. <laughs> so, but no, he's such a, like, just the fact that he did it just is just shows what a good dude he is and i guess everybody kind of already knows that but it's just another another showing of like this is a good salt of the earth dude man he's just he's like i like this artist i'm gonna co-sign him um by <laughs> singing on the track and it's a huge favor to us obviously and that's just what nice people do you know <laughs> and, and he's a nice person I mean, and, and 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 he likes what we're doing and he wants other people to hear it so that's that's the way i look at that yeah that's a huge compliment too and like the fans loved it as well i mean if you ever look at the youtube comments a lot of them like there's like one right here it's like don't try to hide it people we know we want a full album with the dead Deads and Corey. you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean you know so like no, it was i was fully expecting a, a maggot onslaught of hate um <laughs> really? i don't know why i thought that but i was just like oh they're gonna be pissed that it's not like Corey's going around singing love songs with chicks, you know, like that's not <laughs> what he does. Yeah. So I felt pretty honored that he even did that kind of material with us. Um, Cause we have a lot heavier songs that we could have featured him on, but I think it's, it's more special and cool to have him to sh be able to show off. Like, look, this is another side of this person and it's really fucking good. So he's got an amazing voice for that kind of music. And I think that's what he's trying to show off too with, his solo stuff is like, look, I am multifaceted and here are all the things that I like to do. I like to sit at a piano and sing a love song about my wife. <laughs> yeah, this is this is shit I like to do. So, um, yeah, I, there was very few negative comments, which was really surprising. But also just, you know, I. You can't look at it and say he did bad. <laughs> like, what are you going to say? Like, yeah, this bitch is ugly or like, what are you <laughs> They're gonna say like there's not that much to hate on except like hey this video looks homemade or something like yeah it was bitch it's COVID so <laughs> like, I, I feel like there wasn't there's not that much to hate on there it's yeah. just a, a cool song with you know a couple cool dudes singing or whatever <laughs> yeah watch out don't tempt the haters they don't need they don't need logic <laughs> they yeah, don't. No. Uh, dude right. Converse suck none of us are wearing Converse whatever idiot you're like dude what is this guy's problem <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> Total stuff. Hey man, shoe haterism goes all the way to the top. I heard MGK hating on 
people because they were wearing like tennis shoes instead of Doc Martens. And I was it's like, going. Look, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoes what why are we yeah. oh my god you're supposed to be setting the example don't troll people because at warp tour because of their shoes they're working hard it's 110 <laughs> degrees like they don't want to yeah. wear docks they're hot <laughs> just as you're trying to enter like the band area you just have mgk there just armful no nope. <laughs> doc marns and get the hell no. out no you yeah. don't look hardcore and rock enough Move to the side. <laughs> Go sell water. We got water here for you. Go sell water. Make some money. Yeah. <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, I'm sorry, but you can't. I'll, I'll love to MGK, but don't come in and start telling hardcore dudes in tennis shoes that they're not hardcore because they're not wearing socks. <laughs> like, and then, and then go do what you're doing. Don't do that. It's not nice. Uh, I know that on. dude's a nice dude. Be nice. <laughs> I will say when you said Corey, like doing all doing like, you know, this type of singing with you and like his solo project, Stone Sour and any fans that ever had a problem with it. But also you got to think about like this for any fans that get bothered. It's like that's kind of why probably Slipknot is still heavy and so late into their career, because how many heavy bands kind of go? We're just going to make half the album a ballad. Like we don't got time to scream, dude. <laughs> like we're so tired. It's like, no, whether the production's better or worse, stuff's still heavy to this day. Every yeah. album's heavy, whether you like it more or less than the other albums. I love I love that about Slipknot. I appreciated that last album so much because of that. It just went hard. It was great. Yeah, which is wild. Someone made a good point. It was like a, it was like what's like a Metallica or almost a Metallica level band that didn't change. And it's like uh, Slipknot. This is like <laughs> it was like yeah they might they made Snuff, but Snuff's great. And then every yeah. other song smashes you in the face with a keg and a clown Man. hitting a bat over your head. With <laughs> Those fans yeah, that so. love Iowa and volume three will like criticize you right now. Cause they see yeah. us. And they're morons. Yeah. That was 2003 production. Yeah. It's 2021. <laughs> it's going to sound different. No matter, even if they're the same people that hate each other, like mm-hmm. it's just gonna sound different unless you purposely make it sound like shittier. I don't know. Like <laughs> no, for sure. And and just with producing trends, like you think about the bands from the nineties and how like linear and squished all the guitars sound like smashing pumpkins. You just hear that like it's like the distortion <laughs> yeah. guitar. It's like that sounded cool as shit at that time. Yeah. Like you got in your car and some you got in some teenager's car and they were playing <laughs> like today is the greatest and you're like what and now it sounds <laughs> it sounds skinny but like it's just it's just production trends and like those trends come back around too and like you think yeah. about metal drums and how like skinny because we wanted to get that gent so tight and that jit and like how tight we're trying to get our metal like all that crap sounds fake now but that's just like the and i mean half of it 75 percent of it is fake I guess <laughs> when Uh-oh. it comes to drums, spoiler, sounds, but, spoiler. <laughs> but like you're just like they're just production trends. What you have to look at is like what are the songs? Like have yeah. they changed? What are the what's the root of what's happening? Like is it the same? And for Slipknot, it is. Yeah, like and it's like, and, and that's also- what we're trying to do with our record too. Is like we want to make sure people know. Yeah, we play a bunch of different genres. We play metal, punk, pop, glam, grunge, whatever. But we did that on the first record and we're still doing that we're not we've never you know we've never put out a breaking benjamin album and we're never (laughs) going to it's not that we don't like that it's just that's not what we're doing and so labels that have come along and been like i wish it was more like this it's like well that's then we're just the wrong band for that and that's totally fine well also you must be psychic because that was actually my next question when are you going to write a breaking benjamin album (laughs) 
I do I it all like, the time. I got, I got like seven of them. Honestly, I just haven't had the time to put them out. We do it all the time. And then, and then Daisy goes, that's not good for us. And we said, <laughs> you know how many times we, have, we won't blow enough. you away. He's like, it just always ends up back and blow you away every time. Yeah. So we no, I mean, we, we write songs like that. We write like straight down the middle stuff that's we love and is good but then we kind of end up setting it aside sometimes because we feel like oh, it's not really our job as a band is to to bring a little bit of weird into the equation and so mm-hmm. we just want to make sure we keep doing that that's on brand for us so if it like the lead single on this album was a song in seven that has like kind of a it's it's extremely like weird it almost has like a new wave chorus and it has like this like blue oyster cult breakdown in the middle and it ends with like a grungy smashing pumpkins vibe switching between seven and four seven and four so like on our label was like we we said can we put this out first and and the head was just like well if they love this they'll love anything sure (laughs) go for it so yeah, that's awesome. that's what we do. We try to get a little weird, but still make it accessible for people to enjoy and not get stressed out by. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, yeah. it shows the music again. It's super fun. And every song so far I've heard, you know, checking you guys out. I was like, wow, this is super awesome. And it's not being able to put, like, yeah, again. hit it. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Tell your girls it's all right. For sure. <laughs> yeah, August 20th, it comes out on uh, Rumble Records. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you. And before we go, is there anything else that you want to plug or talk about? Uh, no, I mean, I think I- I've just had a fun time talking to you guys. Um, yeah, awesome. you already pl- you already plugged our record, and um, <laughs> yep, we're for we're for we're for weirdos that like everything. So, like, <laughs> just, um, I would say if you don't like the first song you hear, just listen to a few more. You'll eventually find <laughs> the one you like because we do it all. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be it. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It was a pleasure and hopefully we'll speak soon. Yeah. Thanks. It's awesome. Guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll go back to the metal teddy bear experience podcast right now. This is your host, Chris. We got my boy, Jesse. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Shout out to our awesome band that we have the dead deads. We had meta guitarist, the front woman of the band, the dead deads. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Let's drop that album. It was Tell Your Girls It's All Right. August 20th, it comes out via Rumbling Records. Uh, Jess, what would you feel, man? How do you like the record? Uh, I didn't hear the record, but the interview was dope. I'll tell you that. I mean, you're four, four songs off it. You can kind of get a feel for it. Honestly, I know she I, said it's all different, but. I, dude, you know me. I just hit play at the beginning of the, like, the, 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 the discography on like YouTube. I just know everything. Sound. I listened to the single, the 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 what do you call it, Corey Taylor, and I listened to basically their whole discography. Honestly, they're such a fun band. I don't know, like you know, like you know me. I don't really care about genre, and like sometimes I do get lost in that genre thing. But like like she said, it's just rock. It's fun, <laughs> and it's just a good time. Like whatever kind of music you you like, I just feel like if they're at the bill opening headlining, I feel like they would just be fun to see. I could just, you know, from what I've heard. Well, you can and, tell they're fun too because they did the whole live production thing and they talked about like Santa getting beamed or getting beamed up by Santa. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I was like, they know, they definitely know how to have fun. Yeah, which is awesome. And talking to her, you know, she was a delight. It was super fun to hear all the, you know, all the things about Corey and, you know, even getting lost, down, going down rabbit holes, talking about really awesome bands. It's like, dude, you know, we talked actually in private, dude. 
man, good music. You can't hate it. I don't give a fuck. If you're a music fan, you don't like it, go somewhere else, go kick rocks, but I'm all (laughs) for it. Bring it. Just give it all. All of it. It's all the good music. Yeah. Good problem to have. What's another band you've been listening to right now? Well, actually, because of a YouTube uh, shuffle, which YouTube actually drops the ball on this a lot. Uh, Oceanate Alaska. Uh, what is it? The specific song was this Silent Planet. Trilogy. Like that's a throwback. Silent Planet Trilogy. Oceanate Alaska. It's it's the top of the YouTube thing, but it came on and I, I'm not going to lie. I listened to it a bunch. <laughs> like, let me get it real quick as, a, as I'm unprofessional. And looking at this on the, but um, yeah, no, Ocean Alaska, dude. Uh, those two bands I very much did not look into, which I feel dumb for because uh, they're dope. <laughs> oh, and also you, I showed you it, the the Willow Smith song. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Go check that out if you love like Silver Sun <laughs> pickups and stuff. I don't know how big that is in metal. Like, it's dope. Hasha. Han Hansha. Yeah, that song is wild by Ocean 8 Alaska. And uh, I started listening to I just kind of went to their discography and hit play and I've been checking uh, those two bands out basically. Well, the bands I, I've been listening to recently are uh, Fractal Universe, Immonolith, Dune. Oh, you suck up. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Made me look like an asshole. Just name all the bands we've been on. Oh, Remember, fuck. guys, listen to those interviews, like them on Spotify, you know, subscribe, follow, do all that stuff. But reviews on iTunes. Reviews, good reviews, yes. only good reviews. That's right. I'm gonna say it. Especially good on reviews. the Fractal Universe one, because that album is killer. Then Passable Horizon Metal Blade Records. And do Metal Blade Records actually's been I mean, um, this shouldn't be a surprise, but they've been pumping out some really good stuff like Kardashev. That's been really good. It's been a surprise to me. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, not impressed. <laughs> says pretty the guy with the good, one piece flag. Pretty good. Says the, the guy with the one piece flag behind him. <laughs> and then the other band that I've been listening to a lot is uh, Red Fang. So make sure you check out those interviews. No, Actually, my yeah, friends, no, they've been uh, really my, good. My brother's roommate, well, both of them, uh, my brother and his roommate had uh, the Red Fang vinyl. And I kind of feel like an idiot not buying it. But the I'm poor right now. that was limited edition? No, not the, just a the vinyl itself. Just oh, a vinyl. Man. It was dope. Who gives? It's cool. Fuck you. We're still go you buy it. You sound like you're like, oh man, I wish I got that limited. You, you can't buy the vinyl. It's it's. Yeah, I'm poorer. Look at the this. Look at the set. You made it sound like regret. Like oh, I'm never gonna be able to get that record. Yeah, because I'm not gonna edition. buy it because I'm being smart right now. You, you can still get it next year. Sure, I'm gonna go buy <laughs> Wendy's after this. Sure, I'm gonna go maybe make. I gotta go buy pick up scripts. <laughs> i'm well, unhealthy guys, damn it no well listen guys go get wendy with Je- wendy with jesse it's actually my next jesse. podcast wendy's with jesse <laughs> so we're gonna eat yet another 20 piece of spicy nuggets and i'm going to shit my pants now <laughs> <laughs> guys again check out the dead deads they've been putting out some awesome songs the murder murder ballad 2 Murder Battle 1 is out as well, but that does not feature Corey Taylor on the new album. And remember, uh, the album is called Tell Your Girls. It's all right. So I was about to say, well, according to Chris, they both have Corey Taylor on. So, so <laughs> just go. <laughs> Pre-order it. Get what you can. There's awesome vinyls, like she said. So, yeah, they even have their own website. So it makes it nice and easy for you all in one place. So I will say one of the better band websites. I'm usually very underwhelmed by band websites. We always talk about that, not going to mm-hmm. lie. I know, probably, probably pull the curtain back. For God's sakes, if you're going to have a website, update it. Nothing kills me more. You're spending money on a URL. Yeah. Put the fucking dates up, dude. <laughs> like, you dumb train. 
Uh, yeah, no, they were <laughs> awesome. The record, I can't wait to see it. I will say, though, I just said I don't have money. You know me. You put limited edition on the title. I don't give a fuck if it's actually limited edition. It. I tempt. I put my, my fucked up eyebrow up. I'm like, huh? Okay. Like, dude, it's wild. Uh, go buy it, especially those extra tracks. It's- and you know, you know what you guys should do as well? Like and subscribe Jesse's YouTube channel because he does reactions. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, but no, yeah, definitely. If I can get over a thousand, that would be dope. Like, and uh, yeah, just drum covers. Yeah, I'm planning on becoming a Mod Sun drum cover. Uh, that's it, just Mod Sun. That's it. And a hate breed for some reason. I feel like that'd be a good mix. <laughs> Get the cred back with hate breed. Lose them with the, the Mod Sun. Though he's dope. Go fuck yourself. And guys, I do a nice little. Radio show with my boy Rom. Big radio show. WMSC. It's huge. Montclair. It's huge. 90.3 WMSC every Tuesday, 7 to 10 p.m. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, interviews can be found on soundcloud.com slash WMSC. So they do interviews for the radio show as well. So guys, tune into that. iHeartRadio is how the, is the best way to listen. Boom. To and again, comment on all the videos. Like you go back and listen to interviews, let us know because we won't get better. If you don't tell us, and if we're doing better, let us know. We're fragile. And there's bands on, uh, there's bands that you want on the show. Let us know as well. Yeah. And also tell me, uh, tell me about you, dude. I just like Chris, get out of frame. I just want to know about you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your life, what your Connect, dreams are. Bro. Yeah. Connect. Like, so you from like a field or something? I want to know Vibe what's the us. smell. What's it smell like? What's your deodorant? Old spot swagger? Me too. Before this gets too weird, let's cut this off. So guys, <laughs> thank you for tuning in as always. Until next time, episode 51, I guess. Keep it real.